Hall and Wilcox acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to all First Nations people joining us today. There's heaps of great memories that I have and heaps of things that I'm, I'm proud of. I think probably most of all I'm proudest of our growth and our success. I think the culture is how people behave when you're not looking. COVID was a huge challenge. I think as a leader, it was a great challenge in lots of ways and I felt really alive as a leader. Hello and welcome to Holland Wilcox's new podcast, Living the Law Grad Life. My name is Ariana Sarapulu. And I'm Sean Campbell. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Holland Wilcox's managing partner, Tony McBean. Tony has spent his entire legal career at Holland Wilcox. He was appointed managing partner in 2007, and since then, he has led the firm through a period of extraordinary growth and success. During this time, the firm has grown tenfold. We now have over 1,000 people working in offices in six different jurisdictions and over 120 partners. Holland Wilcox is considered one of Australia's leading independent national firms and has been awarded as Law Firm of the Year at the Lawyers Weekly Australian Law Awards for two consecutive years. In addition to the great legal work the firm does, Holland Wilcox is also renowned for its wonderful culture underpinned by its purpose of enabling our clients, our people and our communities to thrive. This culture has in large part been driven by Tony. Welcome to the podcast, Tony. It's wonderful to have you here. Uh, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Ariana. So, Tony, tell us about your story and development at Holland Wilcox. What does Holland Wilcox mean to you? Sure. Uh, so I have spent pretty much my entire legal career at Holland Wilcox. I joined the firm as an article clerk, so as a grad lawyer uh, in 1995. And yeah, the process of joining was probably similar to the process that grad lawyers have gone through or would be going through now. Um, I applied to a whole bunch of firms and, and got a handful of interviews. My marks were okay. I kind of came home strongly after not a great start at uni, but had done a bunch of other stuff. Um, and I had an interview at Hall & Wilcox. In the end, I did get an offer at one other firm, a, a bigger, more prominent firm, but I chose Hall & Wilcox for a couple of reasons. I knew someone who worked at the firm, who spoke highly of the firm, I was just pretty impressed by the interview process. A guy called Jeff Durham, who was a former senior partner, interviewed prospective article clerks with the then managing partner, a guy called Tony Todaro. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up uh, at the firm and, and that was a, a great decision, the first great decision uh, that I um, made. And I've been here ever since. So I was a, a lawyer, a grad, a grad lawyer article clerk, then a, a lawyer first in the tax team, but then in the commercial team, which really spun out of the tax team. I then became a partner in 2000, heading up the commercial team, uh, managing partner in 2007, um, and have been managing partner uh, since then. I'm finishing as managing partner at 30 June uh, 2024, so about nine months from now. So, Tony, what's been your fondest memory that you have of the firm? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've been in the role for a long time, and there's heaps of great memories that I have and heaps of things that I'm, I'm proud of. I think probably most of all I'm proudest of our growth and our success. So from being a, a good but pretty small, not well-known Melbourne-only firm to now being a large national firm with eight offices, um, really substantial offices in Melbourne and Sydney, as well as in places like Brisbane 
Perth, Newcastle, and offices in, in Canberra, uh, Adelaide, and Darwin, but also being a much better firm uh, than we were. We do better work for better clients. I think we attract better people uh, to the firm. Uh, so it's been an incredible growth story. We've grown you know, 10 times over uh, more than in that period. But the firm really does feel in many respects the same, and everybody says that um, we've got a client and firm-first culture, and we have good people at the firm and we care for each other and are respectful towards each other. Uh, so, yeah, I think probably that's what I'm proudest of, our growth and success whilst the firm still feels in so many ways the same and has really retained what's special about the firm. Uh, I've had lots to do with heaps of great people during my time at the firm, but probably um, my partnership with Summit Pereira, who's our COO, who I hired, is something that I'm really proud of and that's really special to me. We've run the firm together for that 16-plus years, and uh, he's an amazing person and someone who's very supportive of me, and we complement each other really well. And uh, another proud memory is when our Melbourne cricket team, I think we are just in Melbourne then, won the Bolton and Stone Cricket Championship, which was a law firm cricket championship they used to run. And we had a great team. Uh, we won it a couple of times, but the, the first time we won it was pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, that was a, a proud memory and a really fond memory. Thanks so much for sharing that, Tony. It's great to hear um, all of your wonderful experiences at the firm. And I didn't know about the cricket, um, so that's great. I think we're a very active firm. We tend to get involved in every kind of sport, which is great. Um, so speaking about the culture, that's something that we get asked quite a lot. Um, how would you best describe a firm's culture and environment? Yeah, culture is hard to describe, isn't it, Ariana? And I think we are famous for it, and I think it's special, and enough people say it that it must be the case, but it, it, it can be hard to describe exactly what it is about our culture and lots of organisations and law firms talk about their culture. I think the culture is how people behave when you're not looking and for us, I think what best articulates our culture is our hallmarks or our values. We've had our hallmarks for, I think, eight or nine years now, and they've really stood the test of time. And the great thing about our hallmarks is that they're known around the firm and they're part of the conversation and they really resonate with people. And I think they're also described in a memorable way, which makes them pretty awesome, uh, I think. And lots of people have told me they're the best set of values that they've ever seen or heard of. And we tested that just recently and people told us they were still really relevant. Uh, so our hallmarks are stay true, be remarkable, evolve always, respect, respect, and better together. And I do think they really describe the Hall and Wilcox culture and what it means to be a Hall and Wilcox person. So stay true means that people can be authentic and bring their whole selves to work. And I've always felt that I can, and I hope that everybody at the firm uh, can bring their whole selves to work, uh, be remarkable, means that we provide a fantastic experience for our clients and for our people and we run a great profitable business and we're just not mediocre. We kind of never shit. I think that's really important. Um, evolve always means that we challenge ourselves to be better and we're kind of restless to always improve. And in particular, you know, we want to embrace what being a firm of the future might look like and, and be progressive in how we think about legal business. Uh, respect respect means that we're decent people and we care about each other and we work hard on ensuring there are no dickheads at the firm and I think that people that don't fit in get weeded out and better together which is my favorite 
uh, hallmark and what I think more than anything underpins our culture is our really strong sense of firm and client first and collaborating and um, collaboration kind of being our superpower. And I think something that we're better at than, than just about every other firm uh, in the market. Uh, yeah, so I think that our culture is hard to describe and I think our hallmarks probably best describe what our culture is and means and how people live our culture. Thanks, Tony. I think that's really great. And it's very true that the hallmarks do really encapsulate everyone at the firm. Everyone does really live those hallmarks. And um, I think Sean and I can agree that as grads, we definitely feel the better together and evolve always, um, hallmarks in particular. Um, sometimes a culture that is easy to maintain can be diluted or changed as a firm grows. And we've discussed how much Holland Wilcox has grown over the last um, years. Despite our rapid growth, the culture has been actually maintained and strengthened. How have you and your team been able to manage this? Uh, yeah, thank you, Ayana. I think it is awesome how we've managed to maintain and even nurture our culture, even though we've grown so rapidly and brought on new teams and opened so many offices. Um, you know, and I think it's kind of become a core competency of the firm and something that we're, we're really good at. There's a few reasons um, for our success with this. I think one is that we, when we hire senior people and teams, we really focus on strategy and culture first and foremost, whereas I think many other firms, first and foremost, will look at the partners, look at business and consider whether it's likely to be profitable and make money. Now we're at business. We're, of course, interested in that. But we really, really think hard about strategy and culture first and foremost. Uh, and then we spend a lot of time with people before we... Uh, bring them on, uh, that is so we get to know them, but also more so they get to know us, they have a really good sense of who we are and what they're getting in for and sometimes might choose that we're not the right firm for them. They might want to be at a firm that is more internally competitive or more likely to reward individual performance or whatever it might be, and that's fine. You know, People need to self-select. So we work really hard um, at that kind of hiring, courting, stage to really get to know prospective people and, and, and for them to get to know us um, and then when people join us we really work hard on integration and invest time and energy in this and giving people every chance of succeeding whereas I think that some other firms probably bring someone in set them a target give them a computer and, and off they go and, and we're quite the opposite we really for the first three years do our best to ensure that there's really good integration and lots of feedback and lots of support and so I think the proof's in the pudding. Not every single person that we've hired has been successful, but almost every person we've hired has succeeded and loved the firm and felt that we've delivered on our promise and I think really added to our culture and our firm. But, you know, it's something we need to keep working on. We are about to announce some more people joining us and these are big projects and we can never be complacent. You know, we really need to ensure that we invest the time and energy in getting that right. Yeah, and another thing that seems to have gotten right or been able to be overcome in a way is is COVID. And COVID posed many, many challenges and almost threw the world upside down overnight. What challenges did COVID and the lockdowns throw to the firm and its leadership, Tony? Uh, yeah, so that's a good question, Sean. Uh, COVID was a huge challenge. I, I think as a leader, it was a great challenge in lots of ways and you know, I felt really alive as a leader 
through COVID and, and perhaps it kept me in the role longer than I would have stayed in the role on one view. Um, but it certainly was a great leadership challenge. At the time, we weren't sure what was happening and what the impact would be, what the impact on all of our health uh, would be and what the impact on business would be. And many firms responded quickly by cutting hours and cutting pay and, and laying people off. And I can understand why that was a reaction uh, that some firms took, but that wasn't what we did. You know, I think that uh, we responded well to COVID because we were culturally ready already. We were working pretty flexibly and I feel that we're an adaptable firm and we're not set in our way. So I felt like we could quickly respond and pivot uh, to a COVID working environment and we're really grateful uh, to Summit and his team for having us ready to do that. I feel like our people were really resilient and able to just get on with it. Um, and again, I think the importance of being flexible and retaining that flexibility was important because things were kind of changing pretty pretty quickly. Um, for me as a leader, it was really important to communicate a lot and not pretend that we knew it all because we didn't. Things were changing quickly and some teams were too busy and other teams were um, really quiet and some people were loving working from home and had a new lease of life and others were finding it really challenging and were dealing with health issues and, and other family complications um yeah but communicating really frequently and openly was important and trying to make sense of what was going on i think that a leader doesn't need to have all of the answers but you need to try and make sense of what's going on and help people understand it uh, yeah but i enjoyed the challenge and we did really thrive through that period uh there's been changes in the firm and in business as a result of COVID. i think that uh, in some respects People miss the personal connection, as I do sometimes. There's not quite as much of that as there was. But on the other hand, I think that the flexibility that we all have now and the way that we're able to work in a way that works for us means that I think it's been a net positive for how we work and for the firm. And I think that we've done well because we have a flexible, progressive mindset. And I think that firms that have thought that we're going to go back to how it was are the firms that have struggled but, you know, amazing period, just can't, I mean, as a Melbourne person, just can't imagine what it was like where we couldn't go more than 5Ks and there were only certain hours we could leave the house and there was a ring of steel around Melbourne CBD and, and all of that. It's just really incredible uh, to reflect on that and, and acknowledging that it was a really hard time for lots of people as well, especially imagine for people of your generation, Sean and Ariana, it must have been a bloody challenging time and, you missed out on a lot. So, uh, yeah, lots of learning that came from it, but a, a pretty interesting and challenging time for a leader. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Tony. I think um, it was definitely a period of turmoil. A lot of things changed in the legal sector as well as internally in the firm. But Sean and I were actually discussing this prior to recording the episode that we both joined the firm during COVID period and we found the transition to be incredibly smooth. So that's a credit to you and everyone else um, who overcame the challenge of um, the challenges that COVID put to us. Now, circulating back to the topic of recruitment, what would you say to graduates that are considering joining the firm? I'd say join. <laughs> as I hope you would Ariana and Sean now I would say that you may not know us as well as some firms I hope that you know us better than you once might have known us but we're still not the best known firm uh, notwithstanding that I think that you should join us I think that we are 
a great firm. I think that if you join us, you will do work for great clients and you will do great work for those clients and you will have access to terrific work from the start. Uh, I think that you will have great people that you get to work with who will support your development and be invested in you. That's not to say that we're perfect. We're not, no firm's perfect. We can always do this stuff better, um, but we have a real culture of supporting our people with their development, especially our, our grad lawyer cohort. I think if you join us, you'll be part of a great cohort and you will make lifelong friends and have lots of fun with those people. I was in a cohort of three and I'm still great friends with my two grad colleagues and I'm confident that if someone joins us a part of a, of a cohort of 50 plus, they will be great friends with many of that cohort. Uh, I think that if you join us, you'll be able to take advantage of the opportunities that there are at the firm and there are many. We're a growing firm, we're ambitious, there's lots of stuff happening all of the time. That said, I think we're a firm that looks good on your CV increasingly and there are many people who start their career at our firm and make a great contribution and then go on to work in-house or at another firm or overseas or at another business and we're equally proud of those people and those people speak highly of their experience at Holland Wilcox. So my advice would be a resounding yes, join for all of those reasons and more. Yeah, I echo those sentiments exactly, Tony. And following on from that, a firm's purpose is something that gets considered quite frequently. Um, why is it important for a firm to have a purpose? Um, I think that it's important to have a purpose because that really defines our why, why we exist and why we do what we do. And our purpose at Hall & Wilcox is to enable our clients, our people in our communities to thrive and Really, everything that we do, we try to bring back to our purpose. So when we're planning for the future, when we're thinking about making investments, um, when we're making decisions, um, when we're reporting on how we're going, uh, we always focus on our purpose and try to align all of that with our purpose. Uh, so whilst the business and profitability is important and it keeps the doors open and enables us to to reward our people and to invest for the future, I think that having a purpose and thinking about what we do in terms of our purpose is just so much more meaningful for our people. And certainly for me, it's way more meaningful uh, for me. So I can think about the improvement in our client base, um, the quality of our people and how they're thriving, the significant contribution that we make to the communities in which we live and work. And to be honest, that is more meaningful to me than the profit per equity point that we deliver in a particular year. And I, and I think to most of our people, uh, yeah, I think that our purpose really helps us think long-term and beyond the current year revenue and profit. And I really do think it's one of the reasons that we've grown and, and had success and that the firm you know, still has it, its culture and, um, and drives partners, particularly uh, those in leadership, I guess thinking of themselves as custodians of the firm and thinking about how they can leave the firm in better shape than they found it rather than what they can pull out of the firm in any given year. Uh, yeah, so I think it's important and I think it does define uh, why we exist and who we are pretty well. Thanks, Tony. I think that's really great. And hopefully our audience can get to know the firm's purpose a little bit better um, with our incoming episodes. Um, we're going to wrap up now. We've got one final question for you. What is the best career advice that you've ever received? And what advice would you offer to grads and aspiring lawyers? 
Uh, so I've had heaps of mentors over the years and been given lots and lots of advice. Some of it's been rubbish, but most of it's been really good. And as with any advice, whether it's career or sport or personal advice, you've just got to take it on board, don't you, and and uh, sift through it and work out whether it's right for you. Uh, yeah, so when I think about the best advice I was given, a few things come to mind. Actually, as a student, I was given advice by a guy called John Harvey, who was then the CEO of PwC, who said that I should study business or commerce as well as law. Um, now, it might be too late for some of our listeners, but that was advice I resented at the time, but was just such good advice, certainly for me in a, in a management role. Uh, understanding business and being able to read a balance sheet has been super important. And I, I really think for most lawyers, it's valuable. Uh, so I also really value those that do arts or science or other disciplines. But, but I think being able to understand business, particularly if you're a commercial lawyer, something that was really good advice, and I, I reflect on that. Uh, as a young lawyer, a guy called Keith James, who's still at the firm, was a mentor to me, and he really backed me to uh, to take on a challenge and really thrust me into situations that I felt uncomfortable with, but was there to support me at my back all of the time. And, yeah, I think that that was really good advice. And um, he's helped me, I think, get take advantage of opportunities that, that have arisen since then. Uh, yeah, I got advice early on to be prepared to work hard. Now, that needs to be in balance, and maybe that's a bit of an unfashionable thing to say these days, but I, I do think that if you want to succeed and get on, you need to be prepared to work hard when time comes. Um, and, and I've always been prepared to do a bit extra if I need to. And I think other really good career advice I was received was at one time I was thinking of leading the, leaving the firm. I was pretty close to going. Um, and I think probably we all go through those times where you get itchy feet and someone makes an offer and you think, oh, that's pretty attractive and I'm a bit bored or a bit tired. And I was given advice by the then managing partner, a guy called Tony Todaro, who convinced me to stay at the firm. And I'm so glad that I listened to that advice. Um, yeah, so and what advice would I give to grads and aspiring lawyers? Um, again, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good at giving out advice. I always um, suggest to people that they need to be a T person, which means that people develop both breadth and depth of expertise. I think that... Young lawyers can sometimes be too quick to specialise and I really encourage um, all young lawyers and professionals to develop as broader expertise and experience as they can, both in the law and in business and the world. Generally, I think that helps you engage better with clients and helps you make better decisions and helps develop judgement. Um, yeah, so that's one piece of advice I'd give to a young lawyer to be a T person. The other piece of advice that I'd remember and was given to me by a guy called Stephen Giles, who's still around. He's a Norton Rose partner. And he said, only you lose sleep over your career. So ultimately, you kind of need to take accountability for your own career, which doesn't mean that you can't get others to help you. But ultimately, yeah, you know, you, you need to own your career, I'd say. Uh, yeah, so that's not one piece of advice. It's a few pieces of advice, Ariana. <laughs> and that is a wrap for us today. I'd like to take this time to thank Tony for his time, his thoughts, and his comments. Thank you all for listening. Do you have any burning questions about being a grad or clerk? 
We'll be hosting a Q&A episode later in the season where a group of Hall & Wilcox grads will answer listener questions. So please pop them in the Q&A box below this episode or DM us on Instagram and stay tuned for the episode. As always, you can find our details on our website, which is hallandwilcox.com.au or connect with us on LinkedIn. In next week's episode, we're going to discuss the application and interview process. What is the firm looking for and how can you put your best foot forward? If you enjoyed today's episode, then rate, review, or follow our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.